0: You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for February 11th, 2019. On today's show, we're still neck deep in Kingdom Hearts 3 Worlds. The crew also discusses a secret new Sony studio and what they could be doing. Apex Legends and how we mourn over the loss of Titanfall 3 and what the hell Xbox Live being on the Nintendo Switch could mean for gamers in the future. All this in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast on with the show. So, Frank, I was thinking of something that could potentially redeem your uh, your favorite studio, THQ Nordic. What did they do? Uh, well, they didn't do anything yet, but it's something that they could. What do. are they going what are they doing? Well, they're, they're not doing anything yet. There's no plan. I'm excited,
1: Brian. You can't say THQ Nordic and not make me excited.
0: It's something that I thought of in my head, but uh, the three of us are pretty big wrestling fans. I mean, we've been watching for a while and I was thinking, what if THQ Nordic tried to secure the rights for an AEW video game and they hired AKI, the former makers of, you know, the N64 Nintendo games, like or wrestling games like No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 and WCWNW Revenge. What if they? partnered with them to make an AEW wrestling game
1: that would be cool uh, as, as long as they get them i don't want them doing it on their own
0: well absolutely that's why i was thinking like but this, this could actually be something that changed my mind about thq nordic because if they really wanted to follow in the path of thq it seems like this would be something that they would do because thq had the wrestling rights for both wcw and wwe before you know before they went under but yeah, I don't know. It was just something I thought of after watching the uh, AEW rally, which I'm assuming you watched. But
1: yes, apparently uh, this gentleman named Kenneth Omega.
0: Yeah, Kenny Omega is actually the uh, the latest signing. And it seems like we're finally getting, you know, what double or nothing is going to look like in, in Vegas uh, in, in May. What that pay-per-view is going to look like. I think I'm going to order that. I think I'm going to support them and actually order it. I want them to succeed. I want this to succeed. But yeah, if this if this whole AEW coming around means we can get another wrestling video game that isn't WWE that's good, I'll be excited because the WWE 2K games have gotten stale for me. They have. While they continue to get better every year, they're still stale. And we haven't had a recent entry. What was the last non-WWE wrestling game we got? The TNA Impact one that sucked? I didn't even even know they had a game. They do. It was from like six I mean, or seven years ago.
1: Fire Pro was the most recent one that wasn't stupid of It was New Japan. Yeah,
0: I, but I really don't. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, but I really don't count Fire Pro that much just because I mean, I probably should. But it, for some reason, it always just slips my mind just because they still make games that are, you know, they, they have that aesthetic and artistic style that they've always used. So they're not like cutting edge type games. So for whatever no, reason, y- they always. Y- yaku- mind.
1: Was it Yakuza 5 or Yakuza 6?
0: Yakuza f- 6. OK, yeah. Yeah. Yakuza 6, the one that actually had some wrestlers from in- uh, New Japan in it. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. I I, I highly doubt they're going to do it, but I think it would be cool if they tried to, to make an AEW game because the roster is getting big enough to where a video game could make
1: sense. Exactly. You're going to have Randy Orton and Dean Ambrose. It's going to be awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you say that, but it's probably going to happen.
1: (laughs) Why I'm saying that.
0: Yeah, so. (laughs) But if you didn't know, this is Max Level, a video game podcast founder right here at Level Down Games, where we do our very best to make sense of everything that happens each week in the industry. Talk about the games we've been playing and have a ton of fun. Usually have a ton of fun. I'm Brian with us today. We have the if you didn't hear him, he's back. He snowed in. Massive snowstorm going on right now. Six inches of snow. It's Chauncey.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> you had that keyed up, ready to go. <laughs> pretty, pretty soon you're going to actually have it tethered into like, because you can actually get like soundboards and stuff on your PC where you can just push sounds and have it come through. So you're going to be sitting there making a soundboard. So, oh, Frank, do I, don't be queuing something up. No,
1: no, don't no. Don't be no. queuing something up.
0: <laughs> I see you over there moving around. No, never. <laughs> OK, do I need to wait a minute? No, you're good. All right. And, and with us, as always, the uh, what? What should you wear? Is that Superman? He thinks yes. he's Superman,
2: but he really isn't. It's Frank.
1: Yes, I'm not Superman. Totally
2: Superman. That was an eye roll for you guys who can't see this because it's an audio only podcast. Big time. Yeah. Big time eye yeah. roll.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, see, I call him Dupaman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I usually I usually uh, try to think of like what I'm going to say and, and relate it to games that are coming out in, in the next week or so, but I overslept this morning, and I didn't have time to really plan anything, so I just kind of had to uh, go with whatever you're wearing or whatever is happening. So it was kind of boring this week, so sorry. You could
1: have called me the pantsless warrior, but whatever.
0: <laughs> it's true. We're, we're trying not to scare off our, our audience, dude. Maybe it might bring in more people.
1: You never know.
0: I highly doubt it. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Since Max Level and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project, you can directly support the show and the brand through one or all of our affiliate links listed in the description of the podcast. Thanks in advance if you choose to do so. Also, also, I'll quickly mention that uh, I, I set up an account on I, I, it's on, it's pronounced coffee, but it's K-O-F-I like Kofi Kingston, go back to wrestling. Um, it's a it's a website it's sort of like Patreon, but you can go there and pretty much donate a cup of coffee, which I believe is just donating three dollars as like a tip jar. So I set up an account on there. I have a link on our website, so anytime you read like one of our articles or reviews or you know go to the, one of the the podcast pages, you can actually see the link on the side. I, I've actually been doing some work on the website. It is still evolving. I'm still not 100% done with it. But every time I have some free time, I try to put a little bit of work into that. So I set that up. I changed the way it looks a little bit. You can donate coffees on there now.
1: And if you want to donate to, uh, on pizza, that'd be awesome as well.
0: Well, I don't think there's a, a pizza Patreon type thing. Yet. Are you going to make one? No,
1: I'm you, you just are going to make that.
0: You are the pizza guy. I mean, you you ran a pizza shop, so if, if anyone was going to do it, it should be you.
1: I could find a way to scam people. I don't want to go.
0: Let's jump into some campaign games. Uh, Sean, I want to start with you because Frank and I are going to talk about the same game we talked about last week because it is the only game that we played. So just for you know not being repetitive, why don't we start with something different? So let's start with whatever you played this week.
2: Okay, <clears throat> I finally bought and downloaded Divinity: Original Sin Two, Definitive Edition for PC. Um, I like it. It's beautiful. It's one of those games where you can run it on ultra, even if you don't have a, a huge rig, which is super cool. But I feel like the game is a little difficult to start. And so I don't really know what to do. Right. So I guess we should say that you're
0: still like in the early entries of the game. Like you just you just started a yeah. long ago. So
1: Ooh, what kind like of literally
2: the menu confuses me. <laughs> and why is that? I don't know, you boot up the game and if you buy the D.E. edition, it asks you which version you want to play. And I was kind of under the impression that a definitive edition is just the original with better stuff, right? Added content usually
0: or, you know, like changes or that kind of stuff. But it's usually never a a separate game. So what I understand,
2: right, I think that they added a lot to the O.G. story. And Mm -hmm. so they give you the opportunity to play it without the add ins is what I think it is mm-hmm. but that's a very ignorant assumption of mine right and you so, said you did know. start with classic mode just to see what the, what it was yeah peer pressure at its finest I'm <laughs> 32 and I'm still succumbing to it but <laughs> I know some people who play classic and I was like well I want to be friends yeah uh, why not that was fun but it looks cool it looks really great and the game it, it plays really well. I think the only gripe I have being a beginner is that I don't know how to change the angle of the camera, and I matched a lot of buttons. Well,
0: it's isometric, is it not? It's, it's one of those isometric viewpoints to where it's kind of like top down at a 75 degree angle.
2: Yeah, but I don't know how to change the pitch, you know, like, okay, you know, when you're playing the Sims, that's isometric, but you can go 360 around the house. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to you got to see how your planter looks from every angle before you put it there. Of course. Of course. But, yeah, I, I actually have this game, but I haven't jumped into it yet. And I
0: I, I mean, I met to you before you actually talked about it. So that way we could kind of talk about it together like we did with Survived By. But I've been so busy with Kingdom Hearts 3 this week that I didn't have a chance to. So I will try to get into it after I finish the game. And, and that way we can really talk about it in depth sometime. Maybe by the next time you're on would be cool.
2: What I'm looking to do is really just wet the old whistle. And wow. A tree just like super dumped snow right in front of me, and it scared the balls off me. <laughs> Sorry, man. That snowstorm's still coming, that snowstorm's still coming down. <laughs> I thought my I thought this tree was gonna come down into my window, and well, we are on a video I'm call, too, so I'm I guess young. I would
0: I would have seen it happen.
2: <laughs> the, uh... Uh, sweat the old whistle, if you will, and maybe we can talk about our adventures later. Maybe we can get a couple more peeps involved. And Frank, do you have this game?
1: no i played the uh pen and paper version of this uh dungeons, last night.
2: dungeons and
0: dragons <laughs>
1: <laughs> for a solid like four and a half hours
0: yeah now what type of character did you make sean like what did you start with
2: so i made a bald man with a rich beard so like frank basically um <clears> terrible terrible kidding. idea Ter- not bald but terrible he life. was he shaved his head terrible idea to Walls, make this man terrible idea Walls. to make a character Walls. that resembles frank <laughs>
1: Wow, the world could use more Franks.
0: <laughs> or should we call them Victor's?
1: <laughs> Actually, I didn't play as Victor last night. I played as a different character because I have two different campaigns. I played as a half orc fighter.
0: Yeah. Named what? Ooh. From, Ooh. Named what? An Indom Blur. An I named him Blurt. Okay, so it's not something from wrestling related. I'm surprised.
1: No, but uh, I envision him to look a lot like the Great Collie, okay. just covered in scars. Okay,
0: nice. So, so a a taller, much buffer Sabu.
2: Yes. Nice. I need to make new Jack. Everyone in the game will run from me. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 it's a, that's like saying Voldemort. Hey, we love him. Okay.
1: He's the greatest human being to ever grace this God's green earth. I've seen him him
2: hit somebody with a vacuum cleaner, (laughs) like a legit vacuum, not one of those eh, eh, handheld things that you, you know, do the car seat after you spill a little bit. No, like, like a Kirby. Yeah. Like your grandma's vacuum.
0: I'm sure whoever Um, he hit deserved it. Frank, Frank, (laughs) Frank is convinced that New Jack listens to our shows because he lives right down the street from Frank. So he
2: does. Everybody listens. (laughs) We love you, New Jack.
0: So we need to make sure that otherwise he's going to come, you know, uh, original Gangster is gonna start blasting and over the sound speakers, and you're gonna see him busting <gasps> Frank's
2: walls. Or no, was
0: Agent. It was it was Natural Born Killers, not Original Gangster. It
2: was Natural Born. AEW has to sign New Jack, please, please sign. I him. know Cody <laughs> listens too. Come on, let's do this, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I made uh, I made New a human Jack
1: rogue. versus Jimmy Havoc. Come on now, that would be a good oh match. My
2: gosh, it would be a great match. I made a human rogue. I cannot not be a rogue
0: you can but you have to start out as a rogue you have to uh, I have to you have to initially start a game as
2: a rogue from there you can best part from there you can branch off but you have to start as a rogue best part of being a rogue in this game I didn't find a dagger I I don't know what I'm doing with my life like I ran around with a bow and arrow and thought this is wrong and then I got a club and a pitchfork and something else and I just want to know (laughs) what daggers are and then I found a blacksmith, and I'm like, "Hey, I need some freaking daggers." And she's like, "All I have is arrows." That's like, what am I going to do? Where Where are the daggers in the game? I have a, an that's ability like, with a dagger, that's and like, I can't that's like going a to,
1: That's like going to the world's greatest fast food restaurant, Burger King. Not sponsor yet, but come on, guys. Uh, and i saying, "Oh, we only have spaghetti." That's not cool. <laughs> we only have spaghetti.
2: <laughs> I would go to Burger King all the time if they had spaghetti.
1: Well, so so
0: would I, but not only spaghetti. Come on now. Fast food spaghetti would be disgusting. Come on now.
2: But what not if not if I can get onion
1: rings. See? And then (gasps) they have. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: And then you get the 10 piece nuggets and pour the sauce on it and you have like mini chicken
1: parms.
2: (laughs) Oh, my brain just exploded.
1: Have it your way. Frank's Frank's over there. You should really just
0: start a restaurant, Frank. I mean, you've got enough experience with it.
2: Yeah. Call it cranky Frankies. (laughs) Cranky (laughs) Kongs.
0: I'm not cranky, <laughs> No,
2: uh, not today. You're not
0: Frank. You want to talk more Kingdom Hearts three?
1: Hell yeah, dude. i have been playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts three.
0: Yeah, it's actually the only game I've been playing this week. So I, I totally failed. I didn't play anything else besides Kingdom Hearts this week. And I know you're the same way. Uh, but when we talked about it last week, I had set all these goals to finish other games on top of Kingdom Hearts three. I didn't even finish Kingdom Hearts three. So for the first time in 2019, since we started the whole 100 game challenge, I didn't finish a game this week. Neither did you. So.
1: I did. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> believe it
0: or not. Oh, what a, well, Dungeon Dragons doesn't oh, count.
1: No, 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 no. We'll get to it when we get these Treats. I absolutely finished another game. Okay. Well, I thought you said you only played this. So. Well, I only played this on console. I, have, I took uh,
0: something. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I. Yeah. Uh-huh. I am sixty-one hours into Kingdom Hearts three so far, Whoa. and I saved right before what I believe is the final stretch, going to the final boss. So I have a lot to say. Now I am saving most of the things that we have to say. Until we record the spoiler cast, which should be done in the next couple of days, because I'll be finishing it probably after we record today. I'll be finishing the game. And Frank, I know you'll probably finish it either tonight or tomorrow because you're getting close as well. Yeah. So sometime this, with this within this week, we will be putting up a spoiler cast on YouTube. And I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it in the podcast feed as well, just for you to listen to on the audio on the audio versions. So I'm saving most of what I have to say. But one thing I want to say is that I feel like the game, while it is epic and great, it is poorly paced. Now that I'm close to the end of the game, I can definitely say the game is poorly paced because you know, the the basic way the game transitions and it works is that you start out in a Disney World and then you just go to a world, once you finish the world, you see a couple cutscenes, you in that world you might fight a boss or two, but the bosses that you're fighting are relevant to the world that you're in. Yeah. And then you finish the world, you see a cutscene a couple times, maybe like twice in between the worlds, you will fight another boss that is like part of a cutscene. You'll fight that boss, but then you go to another world or you fly around on your gummy ship and do things. Once you finish all the Disney worlds, the game just starts like throwing shit at you in like a lightning round type of a mode where you go and you fight a boss and then you watch an epic cutscene and then you fight a boss and then you watch a cutscene. And then you fight a boss, and then you maybe go to a world that I won't name for spoiler content, but you go to a world and you're there for five or 10 minutes, and then you fight a boss, and then you go to another world and you're there for maybe 20 minutes trying to do something, and then you watch a cutscene and then you fight a boss. So, like, it's just there's no exploration at this point in the game. Once you finish the Disney Worlds, it's just a linear path. And you're just getting thrown boss fights and set pieces and cutscenes and story content, which is fine because it's all the stuff that I've been curious about and the stuff that I wanted throughout the game. I wanted the cutscenes, I wanted more story stuff. And like now we're just starting to get everything happening all at once. So it's like they just started putting everything in the end of the game. And I kind of wish it would have been more spread out.
1: It makes sense, though, because the whole purpose of the game up until. I guess the, with, with the, what's gonna happen at the end and i don't even know what's gonna happen at the end because i'm not that far yet
0: yeah you still you still have what a uh, two disney worlds to go
1: I'm, I'm uh, world half. one world and a half yeah i'm almost done with the one of the the, one of the penultimate worlds yeah the whole point of it is to make sora powerful again make sora great like mm-hmm. you will know, get, you know, get, get all his powers back because you start back at a level one uh which which they acknowledge very awesomely i mean i like how they like hey you lost all your powers well, because well, he's been he's been gone for like, you know, 10 years or whatever, because they they
0: are taking the time that it made to make that it took to make the game. Plus, since Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, they're like referencing all that stuff. So within those 15, 16 years that it took, they keep talking about how all this stuff changed and all that kind of stuff. So
1: this so, is so, so, like so that, that's a cool portion of it. Uh, and I'm assuming that I, what I, what I think is going to happen is the reason why the fight's happen at the end. Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but but you know. I just think
0: that. There could have been better pacing throughout the game. Like there could have been some of the things that we're seeing at the end of the game could have been interjected into the actual game earlier. Because some of the cutscenes don't actually need to be shown at the end of the game. Some of the cutscenes we're seeing, whether well, they are flashbacks or whether there's something else, they could have actually happened throughout the story. Oh, okay. To where it still would have, and actually, probably two of the boss fights could have actually taken place before it as well. And uh, it still would have then made some of the previous stuff just less exploration based and more combat based. So I don't know. I just I I feel like there's just because there's no exploration happening at this point in the game and you really are just kind of now where I'm at now is kind of like the quote unquote final dungeon. So there is some type of exploration involved. But the three or four hours that it took to get there after I finished the Disney worlds, there was nothing. It was just literally cut scenes and Boss fights and cutscenes and boss fights and while that doesn't bother me, it's still I can tell it's it's slowly paced because I'm sitting there just watching. It's like watching a movie at that point.
1: There are yeah there are points in the game does that. Uh, now I'm a completionist, but you my friend are being a super completionist in this game.
0: Ah uh, to an ex to an to an extent I'm not going to get the platinum trophy because there's things I'm not going to do.
1: You have finished all the Disney worlds. I have. Uh, have you found every lucky umbil?
0: Yes, they are all in the Disney Worlds. Uh, of course they are. Yeah, they, they all have to be. All 90 of them are in the Disney Worlds. And yes, I found them all.
1: My man. Did you get to use the guy at all? I did not. That is impressive because my ass had to look at least twice. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> once I, Once I realized how they
0: started implementing them in the worlds, like, there's only four ways that they're that they're in the world. They're either they're either part of like the scenery with like shrubbery or barrels or something. And trust me, I thought several clumps of barrels have been hidden. Mickey's and they're really not. If you can break the barrels, they're not hidden. Mickey's. If you can't break the barrels, they might be. So they're either in the actual scenery. Uh, they're white, like tricks of the light, how light will come through something. They might be actually built into the world or just randomly thrown on a wall. That's it. And once once I realized that there's only a couple ways that they're implemented into each area, they were really easy to pick up on.
1: I spent 20 minutes the other night on what was not an actual hidden emblem. I just was convinced it was a hidden emblem (laughs) that I was and, and and that I was not at the right angle to see it. I was underwater in a certain level. Well, there's only there's only one level that that could be yes uh and it was totally wasn't hidden Mickey uh no. but uh there are I was se- there are
0: several in that world that are underwater though <laughs> uh, no, i've
1: i found all but one in that world but i haven't finished that world
0: so i bet i know the one you're missing too because it took me the longest to find the last one literally yeah i'm pretty sure that's the one that i think it is too oh, oh great <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i have so far i found every treasure chest as well which has been the hardest thing for me because in in one of the worlds alone, there's 56 chests and then the next world, there's 30 plus. So like half of the treasure chests in the entire game are literally in those two worlds alone, which is insane to me. Uh, but but I'm still really enjoying the game. I uh, absolutely love it. I think it's one of the greatest JRPGs that we've seen in a while. Uh, still have plenty of things to say about it. So just keep an ear out and, and keep an eye out on our YouTube channel and in the body podio- uh the patio, the audio podcast feed. To uh, to see when we put up the spoiler cast, because that'll be when we really dive in, because there's uh, several things I want to say, but I'm choosing not to because I don't want to spoil things here. So, uh, oh, and uh, Thursday, keep an eye out for flavor text. I'll mention it here instead of later in the show. Flavor text is something that we do. It's a, ma- a max level podcast style discussion. But this coming up Thursday on Flavor Text, Frank, Sean and myself are going to be envisioning our ideal next Kingdom Hearts game.
1: I am going to blow your freaking minds with the worlds that I came up with. We'll see. We'll see. I'm so I've never been so proud of a list I put together than the world I've chosen for this Kingdom Hearts 4 We'll see.
0: So I think I think it'll be interesting to do. So tune in for that at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, 8 a.m. Pacific on YouTube flavor text. We will be taking turns each going and just kind of listing our worlds in, you know, in detail why we picked them, how they could be implemented, that kind of stuff. And it'll be fun. So we'll see it's not really that competition. It's just really to see, like, what is Frank's ideal Kingdom Hearts game?
1: No, not a competition, but I'm still going to win.
0: Sure. What is Sean's ideal Kingdom Hearts game? Sure, you will. And what is my ideal Kingdom Hearts game for the for the for the next entry?
2: So, uh, Sean, did you play anything else this week? No, I watched a whole lot of streaming, but I don't consider that gameplay. Yeah, me neither. And there's there's
0: one game that I've been watching this week that we're going to talk about in the weekly news report. So we'll save that for a bit. But Frank, you did say you finished something this week. So what was that?
1: I I did. Uh, first things first, before I talk about what I finished, um, it's February. So uh, it's Mario, Mario Tennis time again to get a new character. So I happened to online boards. I've unlocked Boom Boom, who is a defensive player. Uh, I kind of like playing him. He's pretty awesome. I won at least five of my bracket matches in tennis. So I'm actually rated a B plus player right now. It's like Daniel Bryan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, in anticipation of the uh, the new NES games coming out on the Switch, I actually fired up the original Kirby on the Game Boy, and I've been playing that at work. And that game was actually a lot harder than I remember it being. The NES Kirby? No, the the Game Boy Kirby. Kirby oh, the Adventure. Game Boy.
0: Okay, 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 okay.
1: I like think game's harder than I remember being. Maybe the fact that I'm playing it in, you know, a, a little screen, black and white. So I'm literally, I'm literally playing on a Game Boy Pocket. Your original Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, I have it. It's silver. It's over there. I put it back on the shelf because it's good. Be... Nice. Uh, last time I used that was to play Bart's uh, Camp. Doom, all that, it that cool. awful game. It was great. I love that game. Uh, it's such a metal. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because yeah, me. But yeah, I beat Kirby's Adventure, and it's so crazy to me to, to, to actually think that that was his debut. Everyone thinks it was the NES game. It was absolutely not the NES game. It was, it was, it was the Game Boy game, and I, I, was, I was playing it in the lunchroom, and one of my supervisors walked by, and he, he was like, oh shit, dude, Kirby! I'm like, yeah, I guess you know this. So he, he, goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, that game's great. He goes, the original's better. And I'm like, this is the original. And yeah, we had a whole conversation and he doesn't believe me. And <laughs> so so we can, we can add another one to the win column, but uh, yeah, I, lo- I love it. It's great. Uh, and I will probably add Kirby's NES game next week when it's added to uh, Netflix.
0: So it gets added this coming up week, right? So I think it's on Wednesday.
1: It's going to get added on the 13th along yeah, with Solomon's Key and something else. Super Mario Brothers 2.
0: Yes, they always announce two games, but they usually give us three or four because they give us. Those are the three I know of. There's probably something else that I don't know, of, but those are the yeah. three for sure. Yeah, that's usually how they do things. So that takes you up to eight games then for the uh, for the challenge. Um, I still am at ten because I didn't finish anything this week.
1: I- I'm going to be adding Kingdom Hearts and other games along the way uh, next week, so. Yeah, well, Ooh,
0: that's, as, that's that's my plan as well. So my my goals are staying the same that as they were last week. They're going to stay the same for this week. So I'm hoping. That uh, I need to catch up, so this week I need to try Thank, to finish. Thankfully,
1: nothing come. Thankfully, nothing comes out in a couple of weeks, so don't worry. Uh,
0: you are incorrect, sir.
1: <laughs> uh, no, trust, trust, trust me, I know. You,
0: you are incorrect. This coming up Friday actually is one of the the biggest release dates of, of the year, and so far, so far.
1: Well, then, and the twenty second is only right around the corner. Well, the twenty
0: second is now the fifteenth. Everything that was on the twenty second is on the fifteenth, including Anthem. If you get the uh, early edition.
1: <laughs> oh, the, uh, that
0: we talked about last week.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. I, I I'm in the I'm in the special ultra hyper version where I, I played that game last year. I did too, but I played the alpha.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into the uh the weekly scoop news report though. I think it is that time and it has been kind of a light week, but there's some interesting things that I want to talk about. Uh, we're saving the biggest thing that happened this week for our main discussion later on in the show, but I was able to pick out two additional things that I think are going to be an interesting discussion for the between the three of us. And the first one I want to start with here is according to an article on Game Revolution, Sony has been quietly building a new development studio in San Diego, California. The studio recently hired James marchinchek formerly of Rockstar Games and Sony's Naughty Dog. The new Sony studio is working on an unannounced game in collaboration with another team in the Sony first party stable. Quentin Cobb, a senior game designer at the new Sony studio, announced Martin Cech's hiring a couple weeks ago. Prior to joining the secretive new studio, Martin Cech was a senior animator at Rockstar Games that worked on Red Dead Redemption 2. Before joining Rockstar in late 2015, Martin Cech was employed at Naughty Dog for four years, where he worked on The Last of Us and Uncharted 4. Martin Cech's LinkedIn says he is a lead gameplay animator at the new Sony studio. He is joining Cobb, also formerly of Naughty Dog and several other talented individuals at the studio. Other employees at the studio include David Hall and John Batista. Hall is credited as a not Dave Batista. Frank, I'm sure no. you kind of were already uh, thinking uh, about making I, a joke my, my, there.
1: No, no, my, my, my mind maybe a little bit. OK, <laughs>
0: Hall is credited as a game designer at Sony's <laughs> new studio. And it was previously at Amazon and Double Helix Games, where he worked as a designer. Uh, Hall worked on Breakaway for Amazon until the games cancellation in March 2018. Batista had also worked at Double Helix Games on Killer Instinct, Splatterhouse and other titles. The new studio is also working closely with Sony's visual arts service group. Uh, They are an on-site animation, motion capture, cinematics and art team that works on Sony owned properties, including Uncharted and God of War. Rumors online have suggested that the new studio is working with Naughty Dog on an Uncharted game. There's also the possibility of the new game being a fighting game as Holland Batista come from the Killer Instinct developer Double Helix Games. Cobb and the rest of the team at the new studio have been tight lipped about the new project. Of course, they don't want to announce it yet because it hasn't been officially announced. So the main thing I want to focus on here initially. Is this new secretive studio, in fact, working on a new Uncharted game, much like the rumors suggest, freeing up Naughty Dog to move on to a brand new IP after finishing The Last of Us Part 2, which is what they said they want to do. They they Naughty Dog likes to do a series of games and a franchise. And then move on. That's what they did with Jack and Daxter. That's what they did with uh, Crash Bandicoot. That's what they did with Uncharted. That's what they they want to do with The Last of Us. They just make a couple games in a franchise. And then they like to move on to something different. Because they don't like to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. So statements were made in the past. That if Uncharted were to continue after Uncharted 4 and Uncharted The Lost Legacy. It would be handled by another studio. Which does line up with recent rumors. So do we think the stu- new studio might actually be working on Uncharted, or do we think it could be something different?
1: I really, really, really hope they're working on a new Uncharted. Uh, and this is coming from the fighting game guy. You know, um, I'd be perfectly cool with the fighting game, but I want to see that story continue.
0: Right. And there's there, and there really is only one way it can continue. And I, I, I guess it's late enough now that we can talk about how Uncharted 4 ends because the game came out so long ago, but it would be basically following Nate's daughter this is the only way that the game could continue. The series could continue. I I want new characters. I don't, but I still want his daughter to exist. The only other characters I would be okay with if Uncharted continued and it wasn't Nate's daughter would be Chloe and Nadine, who you played as, who you played as during the Lost Legacy. Like, if they wanted to make another Uncharted game that revolved around Chloe, who I think is a fantastic character, I'd be so down with that.
1: You're not down with just brand new characters in that world that would eventually, you know, come together. I don't think so. I
0: I think I I think Uncharted exists, which is the same reason why we didn't get new characters in Red Dead Redemption 2. It's the same characters that we saw during Red Dead Redemption 1. They're just telling their story. I think that Red Dead Redemption as a franchise wouldn't exist or do as well if they introduced new characters that we already didn't know about. And I think the same thing could be. And the reason I'm talking about Red Dead is because the guy who actually just got hired is from. Rockstar just worked on Red Dead Redemption 2. So that's clearly his their mindset of how they think. So I just I think that if a new one game is being made. It may be a new character, but it would have to be someone we've already seen. So whether it's Nate's daughter, whether it's Chloe, Nadine, whether it's Sam, Nate's brother, maybe. Because at the end, he goes off with uh, Sully. So, I mean, those two are going off to do something, but Nate doesn't want to go. He's retired. So Sam and Sully are going off to do something. We could follow that story and see what that game is. That's potential. But if I, for a brand new character we've never seen, I don't think it would work.
1: They can make it work. I have like a thousand characters I could throw, throw to right now. who would work just fine. I think. Crofts.
0: Bi- no, that's that's Tomb Raider. <laughs> Sean, did you play any of the Uncharted? No. OK. Oh,
1: you're missing out. Yeah,
0: you are missing know, out I big know. time. They, there's actually a collection you can actually get. Um, But you don't have a PS4, so it's negligible. I mean, it doesn't mean anything to you. But, uh
2: sorry
0: <laughs> eventually uh eventually, at some point in the future, you need to catch up on the series because it, it is seriously one of the best. Is uh, it on Steam? No, unfortunately not, because it's Sony first party. <laughs> yeah, so you won't you won't be able to play it anywhere but on a, on a Sony platform. But <laughs> eventually when we get when we when we pull together the the revenue funds and get you that PS four, you have to sit down and play the uncharted games.
2: <laughs> you know. I've heard really good things about it. And surprisingly enough, the thing that makes me want to play it the most is the music. It's so good.
0: The soundtracks are fantastic. Good
2: music on it. Yeah. Yeah. The soundtracks are fantastic. I really think
0: you'd enjoy it. I think this is one franchise that you would actually really get just sucked into and probably play from start to finish because they're they're fantastic games. And I was the same way. I skipped out on the first two Uncharted. I didn't play Uncharted one or two. Until the collection came out on the PS3 that came with one oh, and really? two. Yeah, so I didn't play Uncharted because I didn't have my PS3 until 20, uh, 2010, as I always keep saying, which Uncharted one and two were already out by then. So when I bought my PS3, I picked up the the bundle pack with one and two, and then I bought three the day it came out, and I sat down and played Uncharted one, but I never played two and three on the PS3. I didn't play Uncharted two and three until I bought the Nathan Drake collection on PS4. And then I played through one again and then played two and three. And literally, as soon as I started the Nathan Drake collection, I played through Uncharted one through three in about four days. Just all the games back to back because I just got sucked into the world and I wanted to finish those before Uncharted four came out. So I did that like five days before Uncharted four released. And then I sat down and played Uncharted four. So uh, I was in like Uncharted mode for about a week and a half, close to two weeks during that, doing that time frame. And it was great. I mean, I just the the, the franchise is so awesome. But I think another question that we have to ask about this is that are we now finally starting to see or hear about what the potential launch titles or launch window games are going to be for the PlayStation five? And is this new studio potentially getting ready to debut the game at the PlayStation meeting later this year or whenever it takes place to potentially be a launch title or launch window game for the PS5?
1: I think anything that is entering development now or going to be entering soon has to be PS5. Like there's not they're not making PS4
0: games anymore. Anything that's entering development now. Yes. But this new studio has been in existence for over a year. So this game has been being worked on for a while. They're still bringing people in. But this this game has
1: been being
0: made for probably close to a year now.
1: I mean, it could be a tail end PS4 cross platform. No way. No way. way. But but it doesn't make sense. Like it has to be PS5.
0: Yeah. But 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 I but what I'm wondering is, is this could this make it out in time by 2020 when the PS5 and the Xbox Scarlet are suggested to be released? Will it make it out in time by the fall? Or is this maybe like a mid generation PS5 game if they spend five, six years making it? Which some studios do
1: It depends on uh, what kind of assets they can reuse them, because it, 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 we're talking about building a modern game from the ground up. That takes forever.
0: Right. So I'm wondering now if you know this because like the launch window for the PS5 could be so stacked, would it make sense for them to put a title like this in the launch window period? Or would they be better served holding off and putting it out maybe like a year or two after to kind of reboot sales of the PS5 if it does slow down for whatever reason?
1: I don't know. I don't know if Uncharted is a system seller. I know it's a big game. don't, it's, don't get me wrong. It I mean, is I'm not t- I, a system
0: I, seller. It is absolutely a system seller.
1: I, I, I just I know like, I, I knew God of War would be a system seller. I mean, that would push things. I think you need something super epic to open up with. But, I mean, Uncharted could be that. Uncharted are great games. Uh, a new legacy of Kane that would sell every system. <laughs>
2: I doubt it. <laughs> new new twisted metal. Let's just start wishing.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not that is not going to happen. Well, twisted metal might. Legacy I Came probably.
1: I mean not. I mean Starfield's gonna sell the system as well that comes out. Then again, that might be a mm-hmm. PS4 game. Starfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Surprised it's not a PS3 game, because it'll look like one. Whoa. How dare you talk smack on the second greatest studio to exist?
2: There goes that partnership. We're not going to get there to sponsor Level and Down who, Games. And
0: who's the first one? THQ Nordic?
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean.
0: I... <laughs> the clouded judgment that you hold.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> we love you, THQ Nordic, right here at Level Games. I, I Wait, like all who knows? I like they buy studios. Buy
0: yeah. Whew. No, please don't. I, I have nothing bad about any studio. I just, I mean, Bethesda clearly is is in their own little world and... Their games show that. So and, and I'm Shame. not we're, we're not the only ones that say that. So
1: they made one mistake over the past 20 years. Let it let, let it be. Come on. I'm not even talking mistakes. Their games just look old. Their
0: games look dated Fallout Four when it All came true. out. Looks like a dated game. Skyrim, even though it's great, looks like a dated game. I mean, their games just are always living in the past because they li- they They exist within their own little bubble and they d- they develop g- games. And Brian,
1: we- Brian, Brian, Brian. What's, your, what's your favorite genre of music? Uh, hair metal. Yes, from the 80s. OK, it's perfectly fine to live in the past when you make excellent games that have great storytelling and beautiful graphics. We love you, Bethesda.
2: The passion is oozing right now from Frank. You guys can't see it, but I can. It's glorious like Bobby Roode. Glorious It's it's yeah. amazing. Hey, segue time. Did you guys see that Skyrim together? Uh, beta Alpha, whatever that's dropping. I soon? did.
0: I did. I did. I did. No, but
2: that this. That's the epitome of what I was talking about that Fallout 76 should have been this entire time. Now, this isn't a this isn't an official Bethesda thing, is it or is it? No, it's some German company. Um, They they mo- it's a mod, right? That's oh. how they can get away with it. It's a mod. It's a mod where you can start up the game, play it single player. Your friends can jump in at any time and be in any part of the world and play it with you or be in the same quote unquote server as you um, will. They also they be the Dragon Yeah. Yeah, no, no. they've modded it. I think they can do they can do more than eight people, but they've capped it at eight right now,
0: which is smart. I think it should be capped at a level that way. The game doesn't struggle. I mean, unless they're totally changing the architecture of the game, which I don't know if you can through a mod. Uh, you might be able to, but.
2: I don't know if they can either, but it's basically a single player experience, no matter who's playing on what on the server so they can. They can all do it. The only crappy part is that the quests aren't linking, so everyone has to join the same one to do Uh it, which I don't know if I could listen to the guy in the shop. Tell me about the Golden Claw eight times while I'm waiting (laughs) for my guys. (laughs) We were just robbed. I'm like, okay, we get it. (laughs) You said this six other times i many times to, try right, to you, the we'll be there.
1: <laughs> the modding community is so great in that game that I've actually been contemplating picking that up uh, amongst a couple other games on Pisa.
2: I have it on PC, so you just you holler at your boy when this comes out. But... Any any type of game like that, I think really you're doing yourself
0: a disservice if you get it anywhere else besides PC because of that of the modding community and
1: I, I, I wish full 4 I played on PC, but I didn't have a computer that would have supported Fallout 1 at the time.
0: A, to- a toaster would have worked just <laughs> fine, Frank. It was, a the-
2: potato plugged into a mag- <laughs> Magic Jack? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been able to run
0: Fallout just fine.
2: Uh, but what made me think of this was the, the the discussion of the graphics of Bethesda, right? Yeah. The mods look better. <laughs> they do. They absolutely do. They absolutely do. In the game.
1: Well, that's always been the case. People put out these, these uh, texture mods that like it's so realistic once you have the mods on, so.
0: We'll hire that guy. Yeah, well, th- that's the issue, man. Why, why can someone independently take a couple weeks and make a game look better and Bethesda spends years developing a game and they don't actually just implement the already HD textures or
1: whatever? They use that time to make a story that just touches your heart. Or
2: they name cities like they just sit in the board meeting for days and they're like, let's call this town Kvetch. <laughs> like, oh my- like the lore is so expansive in those games you're right they take a lot of time into that but if you can't immerse into the game because the humans look like something out of an 80s alien film i don't know i mean it's it's kind of hard they've come a long way right they have but but look at square enix right their models in kingdom hearts 3 amazing yeah even final fantasy 15 had amazing character models why can't Bethesda get a couple of those cats to come over? They need the to. games would be ten times better if they looked like that. I agree. I, I and, and and that's something I talk with Justin about at length
0: sometimes is that, you know, he always is such a big fan of those games just because like much like Frank, because of the story and, and the quests. But because I go from playing a game that looks like a modern game to a game that looks like it's from the previous generation or two, it always takes me out of the experience a little bit. And now that it takes turns you how, off. It, it does. And it takes it takes nothing away from Bethesda as a studio. It takes nothing away from how great their games are. They just don't look as great as other games do along that. They're coming out alongside. So they're always a generation or two in terms of graphics and mechanics behind. And that's what pulls me out of the experience. The story doesn't. The stories are always good. If there was a story on Fallout 76, it would probably be good. But there's no story. So it's not good.
2: So Bethesda needs a PS6 development kit now.
0: Right, to put games out on the p s four yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much how it is they, they These studios need to wisen up and 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 these platform holders need to give Bethesda more tools than they need so that the games look current, yes, yeah, your,
1: your games look just fine, Bethesda, a couple of haters over here <laughs>
2: couple haters don't don't listen, Todd, you got some homework to do
1: <laughs> I, I don't care if your games are giant glitch fests. they look beautiful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about this week before we jump on to our main discussion here in a little bit, uh, a, a, kind of a bomb was dropped earlier in the in the week last week, and this was from Respawn Entertainment and EA. They released Apex Legends this past February 4th uh, for PC, PS4 and Xbox One. This is the newest entry in the free to play battle royale scene, and the game is doing extremely well in terms of consecutive players online, Twitch streams, etc. And it's also set in the Titanfall universe. But here's where it gets kind of shitty. Jason Schreier from Kotaku has learned that Apex Legends was at one point supposed to be Titanfall 3. But the game has now been morphed into this and plans for Titanfall 3 are currently not on the table anymore. Another entry in the Titanfall universe. (laughs) (laughs) Another entry in the Titanfall universe which according to EA will be a paid game is set to launch later in 2019, but it will not be a numbered entry. And they said it was also going to be quote, a unique twist on the franchise unquote. Remember respawn entertainment is also working on star Wars Jedi fallen order. So whatever else they're working on in the Titanfall universe cannot be a big game. It has to be something along the lines of apex legends where it's something they can just shit out really quick and, and, and probably make money off of. So We already know they have a battle royale, so maybe they'll put out like a a Titanfall cart racer. I have no idea. So (laughs) (laughs) uh, so so Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is scheduled to release either later this year or sometime in 2020 Titanfall two, when it released alongside the Call of Duty and Battlefield that year Titanfall two was my first person shooter of the year because that story campaign was so freaking awesome. Like that game was just phenomenal. And it saddens me to learn that there was going to be a Titanfall three and then it got morphed into a free to play battle royale game known as Apex Legends. Now, I have been watching Kyle stream over at slash Bruce Deduce. If you don't follow him, make sure you actually go do that. He's part of the, uh, you know, he made this thing, Streamworks Alliance. This charity event is going to be happening later this year. Uh, there's no details been announced yet, but following him now helps get awareness to this whole thing. So he is a, what is he, a pediatric something, right? I don't remember exactly what he does.
2: He's a physical therapist. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he works with these families and children and everything that he makes through his streams is going to be donated to families in need that need assistance for health care or whatever. So he's going to be doing these big charity events once a year. Any donations he receives will either be going towards helping fund this event or towards the families itself. He's been playing a lot of Apex Legends. I don't know if you watched him at all, Sean
2: little bit i wasn't super thrilled by the gameplay um it makes me sad to think that that could have been a full game and exactly. they just pieced out the assets
0: what is there
2: looks semi
0: fun but had it been an actual full experience it would have been so right. much better i think this is a rush job 100% dude they're they're trying to capitalize on the earth before they start fizzling out
2: and, and and it came out right before anthem and honestly, I, I feel like that was an on purpose. You know, Anthem oh, is looking really that. good. And I think that Anthem so is hard. a threat. But why would they do that? Because Ehe
0: also owns Anthem and they own bio. know.
2: I think they're trying to capitalize on different parts of the market,
1: I guess. And so yeah. if
2: they can build that, that's fine. But I feel like if you release this after Anthem, people would be like,
1: uh,
2: I don't know. You're gonna get you're gonna get the Twitch guys in no matter what on Apex yeah. because it's competitive and that's what they do. It's a Twitch game. It's a Twitch game. Yeah. Anth- Anthem is not so much a
0: Twitch game, but Apex no. Legends because it's a battle royale and battle royales dominate Twitch. They dominate Mixer. They dominate streaming devices. It's gonna do well, as you mentioned, and it is doing well. It, it, like I said, it had like sixty thousand or hundred thousand. or I don't remember how many consecutive players it had at one point, but it it surpassed other battle royales, which was surprising.
2: Well, would you want would you want Anthem and a Titanfall three going up against each other in the same. Like year, I I probably wouldn't. Anthem in the spring, Titanfall three in the fall. Sure. Not the same time. It could happen. Yeah. You think? I mean, I don't know. I feel like the games would be very similar.
0: Yes. One has.
2: Yes. And one has like more of an FPS story mode. The other one's more multi universe. Tons of people playing a little bit of multiplayer aspect. Yeah, that's pretty similar. But
0: at least Titanfall three could have been because Titanfall two had a full single player campaign unless they went the route of Black Ops four, which would then be taking the franchise back to Titanfall one, which did not have a single player campaign. It was just online only, much like Black Ops four is. And Anthem is kind of online only, but you can play the the city aspect of it by yourself. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I it really does sadden me that there could have been a Titanfall three and now there's just no plans. And, and I do believe that. I don't think this is just, you know, them saying that there's nothing and they really are secretly working on it. I do believe that everything that they had for Titanfall 3 got pushed into Apex Legends and now we're going to get something else. I'm, the biggest thing I'm curious to find out about is what else is going to be released in the Titanfall universe this year. It's not a car race. Uh-huh. That was just a joke. But there's got to be something else. And Titanfall is such a franchise and grounded in shooting that I can't think of what else it could possibly be.
2: I guess I'm mostly salty about this because it's the Titan complex, like what could have been with Overwatch and then they just kind of like gave up on it. Right. And so maybe that wound is still fresh. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm just a salty little chump. I don't know, but it kind of makes me wish that I could have seen what it could have been. It might have been something that I would have really enjoyed and jumped into. But I don't plan on playing Apex. No,
0: I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. None of us are big fans of Battle Royale games. I think there's just it's oversaturation of the market with those games. It's just way too many. And it's it's (laughs) it's dumbing down to be fair.
2: Exactly. To be fair, we're types of people that when we play a game, we want something in return. We don't want to just beat someone else because let's face it, that's not what we get when we play games competitively. It's fun, but that's not the whole purpose of the game. Absolutely. You know. So we want to have progression and we want to have exploration and we want to be able to even play games with friends at some points. And BR, you just can't do it. What? You roll around as a squad and then 50 minutes later the game's over and you're back to square zero. Sometimes not even 50 minutes, sometimes literally like five or ten minutes. oh <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. But like big games like a blackout or something um, on Call of Duty. You're like 30 yeah. minutes later, what did I get out of that? Oh, you know, that was fun. Have nothing to show for it. It seems like maybe I'm a It it seems
0: like people are enjoying it though. Like people that, well, okay, people that like battle royale games are really enjoying Apex Legends. So I mean, looking at it from from that point of view, it's doing something right. Kyle seems to really enjoy it.
2: Well, he loves those games, and and so does the crew he runs with. I mean, I love those guys. They're they're some of my best friends. But yeah, um, they get they get more out of that than I do. I play to play with friends. Like if I'm gonna play that kind of game. If I had rolled with you guys, all right. I mean, it'd be fun for a little while, but I'd rather play a game like Diablo or Divinity or wow. Or
0: that's going back to like the days in Jerry's basement when we used to sit around and play Halo all the time. I enjoyed yeah. it because of the friends that we had that were all playing Halo together. But I was never like big on the Halo competitive scene or, be, you know, big into Halo just in general multiplayer.
1: Plus, you suck at shooters anyway. So.
0: Well yeah, I'm not good at shooters anyway. I mean that 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 is that is beside the point. I'm not good at shooters. But Well hey, that's a good point though. What made that if fun is because shooters, of the What is fun? Well, RPGs are fun to me, so.
2: Right, exactly. So no RPG elements in these games that we're talking about. So automatically besides, we're turned I, I off. I besides like leveling up. Besides like leveling up.
1: Right. I don't I don't like Titans in general, okay? I I hope the Survey Corps wipes the ball out. It's that's a, that's a joke for that's a joke for all my nerds.
2: Geez. Yeah, say Grim. I went dark quick. Well,
1: <laughs> well, after they, after they destroyed War Maria, I kind of lost all respect for them. <laughs>
2: yeah, so I, I don't know,
0: man, like, like, like you mentioned, you know, going back to those days, just sitting around with the friends that we had, you know, 10, 15 years ago, playing Halo, you know, multiplayer. That was fun, but I'm not going to sit here and I never, ever by myself jumped into Xbox live and jumped into Halo matches online. It was always just with yeah. you guys.
2: Well, and you know what? When we talk about new and upcoming titles, right? There is that motivation in what I say that what happened to games where you could just play with friends and it wasn't about being better than anyone else. It was about doing things together. That's and enjoying a whole other discussion and topic.
1: That's a, <laughs> I know. We have a game like that coming out on Switch and the three of us are going to play. It's called Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Oh, that would oh, be fun, yeah! dude. That'll be fun.
0: Okay. We, could, we could totally do that. The three of us can totally do that together.
2: The the second Ultimate Alliance was pretty good, even though it had that Civil War story arc that they botched mm. heavily. I thought the gameplay was fun in that game, though. Yeah, it so, was.
0: So Ultimate Alliance 3, when it comes out later this year, that'd be actually really cool if the three of us were able to pick that up and play it together. When does that drop? Some point, 2019. There hasn't been an official release date yet for it, but uh, it is going to be something that, you know, it's it's very much in the vein of the originals where you can play it with friends and, and it, it looks cool. It looks fun.
1: Plus, plus, Nintendo has the greatest online service ever. So, you know, we'll be able to voice chat. and
0: Hey, through our phones. We got phones, man. You're using it to play Diablo Immortal. Don't forget that comes out later this year.
2: Let's just talk on Discord when we play it.
0: No, he, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easiest thing to do. And I'm pretty sure that's what everyone does. That's Nintendo's online voice communication system anyways.
1: Yeah. Or,
0: or... Are they going to have a different type of communication system, which we'll talk about here shortly in the show? Oh, because there's something—there's something happening on the uh, Nintendo Switch and other mobile devices. But there's something happening that uh, that could bring with it true voice chat if they allow it to be implemented.
2: Diablo Immortal on the Switch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 granted, I think if it released on the Switch, Frank would be more. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, prone to pick it up. It'd be closer to the, culture, the they actual game I want to play on the PC. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> and I think that the Switch is a good candidate to potentially see Diablo Immortal released on it in the future because the Switch is kind of a, a hybrid mobile device. So it would make sense to put it on there. It really would.
2: I think a feature that would be really awesome with Diablo Immortal is if they had like GPS server mapping, where like if you're playing in the world, and you're out somewhere and someone else is playing and you just end up in the same game. I actually like so that. That would dude. probably make the game amazing for me. I actually like that. Play it. That's really cool.
1: Nope. I'm not giving them any ideas. I hope their game fails. Well, it's like Street Pass. Yeah. And Frank, you were such a big Street Pass guy. Well, that's because I go to a lot of conventions in New York City and I would get thousands of these street passes. Yeah. So what Didn't if you, you took-
2: have a bumper sticker that said Street Pass or gas? Nobody rides for free. <laughs>
1: It was something like that, wasn't it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even going to make the joke I was thinking of. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, Let's jump to some release dates and adjustments. So we only have two things to really mention this week in this segment. Uh, The Walking Dead, the final season, episode four launches on March 26th. That is the final episode. They're not doing an episode five. So that is also coming out alongside a physical boxed edition of the final season of The Walking Dead. So the franchise will not be done after that. So that's kind of sad to think about. But yeah, they at least they finished it. At least they were able to pump out episode three and four, which and crazy enough, they were able to pump out these episodes faster than they were done at like Telltale because Telltale. Have used they to, posted
2: sales figures for those.
0: Not yet. Not yet. Not All that right. I, not that I saw anyway, because they used to be like two or three months in between episode releases when they were coming out from Telltale Skybound released episode three last month and they're releasing episode um, four this month or next month. So, they're doing a little bit quicker. And then we found out that Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered will be launching on March 29th for PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, I'm not sure if you can get the standalone, but it is available through the season pass of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is totally worth it. But let's talk about releasing this week because this is the first true big week we've had for 2019. So let's go ahead and do the new releases for the week of February 11th, 2019. We'll skip over today, Monday, February 11th. And we'll move on to tomorrow, Tuesday, February 12th, first game coming to Nintendo Switch and PS4 is something that I need to play. I already have it. I should start it because I should have already started it by now. It's the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. I've just been so focused on finishing Kingdom Hearts 3 that I haven't been able to jump into this review copy yet, but our friends over at NS America did provide it. So thank you for that. Plucked straight from the pages of an ancient fairy tale, the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince tells the story of two lonely hearts brought together through a mutual misunderstanding. Transform between the wolf and the princess to solve puzzles and evade traps, collect flowers and petals to unlock fragments of memories, and weave through the dark and dangerous forest to guide the prince toward a cure. But be warned, an all-seeing forest is no place for a blind prince. Frank, if you remember, we actually saw this game during a Game Oracles, and I actually thought this was a really cool concept because you are guiding this character around that is blind, but the art style is fantastic looking and the puzzle solving elements in this game look really deep. It looks like a lot of fun.
1: This is literally one I'm waiting to hear from you on so I can uh, see if I'm going to pick this up. Because so. it's also coming out on the Switch,
0: so yeah. which is the copy I have. So thanks, NIS America, for actually giving me the Switch copy. That's the copy that I that, that I wanted to play. But it's such a good handheld game. It's such a good mobile game. It's such a good game that you can just take on the go. Uh, I need, like I said, I wanted to jump into this last week, but I got so sucked into Kingdom Hearts 3 now. As you mentioned earlier in the show, I wasn't planning on doing everything in Kingdom Hearts 3, but I kind of have been doing a lot more than I anticipated. So I spent a lot more time with the game than I wanted to. But the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince looks really fun.
2: This game's gorgeous looking. When you were talking about it, I'd never seen it. And then I Googled it. It looks like it looks like where the wild things are and or in the blind forest had a love child. Absolutely. And then maybe like an anime guy drew the character models. Yeah, no, it's it's
0: such a gorgeous looking game, man. It, and it's so it's such a cool concept. And it's it's not the only game that's releasing this week that has a, a similar concept to that. And, and we'll get to that here in a minute, because there's another game coming out this week that looks just as good that I think everyone is going to enjoy. Uh, the other game coming out, though, tomorrow to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4 and Xbox One is Trials Rising. It's Hell bo- yeah. Dude, those games are always fun. Explore over the top action and physics, bending motorcycle racing and the latest opus of the Trials franchise. All new features, more competitions and more tracks means new challenges. Ride challenging tracks around the world from the Great Wall of China and New York City to the Eiffel Tower and everywhere in between. With the new hilarious tandem bike, get your friends and try to control (laughs) one bike with two riders (laughs) from your local backyard to worldwide stadiums. Defeat all your opponents online and rise to glory. Create and share unique levels and track central using over 10,000 items available. The possibilities are endless. And so is the fun. I don't know that I would want to play this game with someone else to try to control a bike. That'd be way too hard.
1: Oh, I kind of would like I kinda want to. <laughs> <laughs> I swear
0: friendships are made. Exactly. I will get this game eventually. I always play through the trials games. Granted, I think I've gotten both of them through either Xbox Live Games with Gold or PlayStation Plus free games. Yeah, so I, I, but I've. I've always played through the game so i'm going to hold off for now just because i have a feeling this game will be released for free at some point in the future who knows maybe it'll be released on the epic's game store for free at some point since ubisoft is preferring that so i don't know um, cuz the free game for this month is uh, axiom bridge which is a great metroidvania on epic's game store so but uh, i'll hold off for now if it doesn't go free after a while i'll pick it up because i always like playing these games but i don't have time to play it right now there's way too much other stuff to do Uh, Nothing on Wednesday, February 13th. We move on to Thursday, February 14th. The first one coming to PC. Civilization Six, Gathering Storm.
2: Perfect game for someone who doesn't have a Valentine. There you go.
0: (laughs) There you go. In Gathering Storm, the second expansion to Civilization Six, the world around you is more alive than ever before. Chart a path to victory for your people by developing new advanced technologies and engineering projects and negotiating with the global community in the World Congress on critical issues. The choices you make in the game will influence the world ecosystem and could impact the future of the entire planet. Natural disasters like floods, storms and volcanoes can pillage or destroy your improvements and districts, but they may also refresh and enrich the lands after they pass. In addition to these new systems, Civilization Six Gathering Storm introduces eight new civilizations and nine new leaders. Seven new world wonders can be constructed, as well as a variety of new units, districts, buildings, and improvements. These games are always great. These expansions are always great. I mean, I, I have no issues about this. I, I think this game's going to be fun.
2: Sean, do you play these? I played Civ once upon a time, but <laughs> I was more of a multiplayer Civ guy. Okay. Okay. And that usually ended up getting somewhere really great. And then after like 50 minutes, everyone's like, oh, i got to go to the bathroom and <laughs> things just happen. And the game fizzles out. Yeah. I think I still have a save file from when I played with my friends like four years ago on Civ 5. So <laughs> that taught me not to buy six.
0: Yeah. And, and six is something that I haven't jumped into yet. I played all the other civilization games, and I think these games are fantastic. But I haven't played six yet. But Gathering Storm, just the the description of that and how these natural disasters can come and just reshape your world, maybe destroy your civilization, but then enrich the lands after they pass. That sounds like such a cool gameplay mechanic to me, to where you're wiping out a a, a civilization, but now your land is enriched and maybe you can build something better on top of the ashes of the old. That is really a cool concept to me. So I might jump into this at some point in the future and, and check it out. We'll
2: I think the hard part about a Civ game is that they're really good, but they don't really appeal to people who have been gaming in the modern era. Like this is more of like the guy who grew up on Age of Empires 2 and was like, oh, this is so cool. I can hang out here for hours. And Which I did, granted. <laughs> yeah, now it's like some people just they're used to too much action and these games kind of maybe draw out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where's the Civilization Battle Royale mode, dude? Ooh. Yeah, no,
0: where's the BR? Where's the where's the Battle Royale mode in Civ 6? Needs to happen. We
1: can't all, we can't all play as Gandhi. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> the other game I want you to look up coming out on Thursday, February 14th, because the other game I talked about that's very similar to Liar Princess and the Blind Prince.
1: This next game is the perfect Valentine's Day game. Yes, it it's is.
0: Legit. Yes, it is coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4 and Xbox One. We saw this during the kind of funny game showcase, did we not? Yeah. I think it was uh, Degrees of Separation. Degrees of Separation is a 2D puzzle-adventure game that requires players to harness the elements of heat and cold to succeed. Two contrasting souls, Ember and Rhyme, are separated by an enigmatic force and must use their respective powers to progress through a spectacular world of fantasy and adventure. Players take on the roles of Ember and Rhyme in single-player and cooperative multiplayer, to solve the game's environmental obstacles, drawing on their unique skills to traverse through beautiful puzzle filled environments. The two will learn to lean on one another, their individual forces working to bring them closer together or tear them apart.
1: Hmm, because you're, you're hot, then you're cold. No, you're yes, then you're no. You're up, you're then in you're and you're down. You're out. Yeah. You're up, then you're down. <laughs> <and> you're wrong, <laughs> and it's right. <laughs> That's what. Right. Frank, okay. are we playing this yes. together? Yes, we have to. Uh,
0: not on Valentine's Day though. No. Okay. I'm I'm busy <laughs> that day. You're not, but I am.
1: Who says I'm not busy on that day? Ay, 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 ay.
2: <laughs> wow. That that's a spicy meatball.
1: That's a spicy meatball. Sure they charge a little extra on Valentine's Day, but I'll, I'll, I'll be doing it. <laughs> <like that. laughs>
0: yeah, I definitely want to play this with either with either you or with you, Sean. I, one of you guys I want to play this through because it's one of those it's Frank, you and I do these all the time, but like, you know, we were here, we were here too. a way out. I mean, anytime a cooperative multiplayer game releases, we usually jump in and play through the story together. So I'd like to do that. Um, if we can't do it this week, then at least next week. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how much this game's going to be when it comes. Like, I'm, I'm assuming maybe 20 bucks. I didn't even look it up. I probably should have. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to play through this and whether it's short or long, I have no idea, but I think it'll be fun. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm actually looking up now to see if there's actually already a uh, a price tag on it. Uh, there is not. It just does available. Th- thankfully, community. Thankfully,
1: there's no games. Thankfully, there's no games coming out on Friday, so.
0: Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to Friday then, where there's several games <laughs> coming out. <laughs> uh, the first one coming to PC and Xbox One is Crackdown 3. An island paradise in the grip of corporate psychopaths, gangsters and butchers. New Providence is home to the highly secretive and exceedingly sinister Terra Nova worldwide. Built around the smoldering heart of a volcano only recently and mysteriously reignited, this megacorp is exploiting every resource in the area, material and human, as they prepare for the next phase of their diabolical plan and brace for the inevitable showdown with the agency. I just don't care about this game, I don't.
1: I think that you are very misguided and this game is probably gonna be one of the greatest games of all time.
0: Is that, is that because you predicted it to be good? You want it to be good?
1: No, I generally honestly believe this is going to be a sleeper hit. Like everyone's like sleeping on this game. Like, oh, it's going to suck. And it's going to blow people's minds.
0: I haven't been a Crackdown fan since Crackdown 1, which you can get free right now. Microsoft is giving Crackdown 1 away for free to kind of hope that it spawns or, you know, reignites and, or ignites, not even reignites games out yet, but ignite sales for Crackdown 3. I don't know, man. I'm just not intrigued by this. It, it it doesn't look fun. It seems like everything that made Crackdown fun was stripped out of it. Crackdown 2 sucked. Crackdown 1 was fun. Crackdown 3 looks like a bigger version of Crackdown 2, which, again, sucked.
1: It's going to be amazing. It's going to be huge. I disagree. Huge.
0: We'll, we'll see. Reviews will probably be coming out soon for that, so uh, we'll see how they actually how they land. Uh, The game I'm actually excited for for Friday, I'm actually excited for three of the four games on Friday, but the one I'm probably most excited for is this one here coming to PC, PS4 and Xbox One, Far Cry New Dawn. Dive into a transformed, vibrant, post-apocalyptic Hope County, Montana, 17 years after a global nuclear catastrophe. Join fellow survivors and lead the fight against the dangerous new threat, the Highwaymen, and their ruthless leader, the Twins, as they seek to take over the last remaining resources. This game looks great. I can't wait for this.
1: I was surprised that this game was coming out already. So I'm I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, because Far Cry 5 just came out February and March of last year. So I mean, they were able. But granted, this is using the same engine, using a lot of the same assets. So this is definitely a game that they were able to do in a short amount of time. And I don't believe it's going to be as long as Far Cry 5 either. It's definitely a shorter experience. They're only selling it for 30 or 40 bucks. Like the game is not even a full price game because it's a shorter experience, but it looks awesome. I can't wait to play this. I loved Far Cry five. I thought the the whole concept of the game, the setting of the game was phenomenal. Uh, I want to see more of that world. And I'm glad we're getting to and plus it's 17. Now, I thought it was like literally right after the bombs fell, but it is 17 years after. So it is interesting to see the father still there in the trailers. And, you know, he doesn't look much different. So it's interesting <laughs> we'll have to see how that plays into. Uh, Frank, are you picking this up? Coming to PC, PS1, Xbox One? Pre-ordered already. It's Jump Force. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous manga heroes are thrown into a whole new battleground, our world. Uniting to fight the most dangerous threat, the Jump Force will bear the fate of the entire humankind. Create your own avatar and jump into an original story mode to fight alongside the most powerful manga heroes from Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, Bleach, Hunter. Is that Hunter Cross Hunter? I'm assuming that's how you x. say that one.
1: No, it's Hunter X Hunter.
0: You, usually X is cross. Well, I'm telling you, it's called Hunter X Hunter. All right, Hunter okay, Cross Hunter. Yu Gi Oh! Yu Yu Hakusho, Saint Saya, and many others. Or head to the online lobby to challenge other players and discover lots of modes and activities. I bet it's Hunter X uh, Hunter Cross Hunter, but you're wrong.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I'm making my own avatar. I'm going to destroy all the people who are trying to take down Earth. Okay, how's
0: it, it going to look like your Soul Calibur 6 avatar?
1: I sure hope not. There's really not too many good options I hope for not the either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't either. But uh, uh, last, last game is another big one, though, that I'm excited for coming to PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Metro Exodus. The year is 2036. A quarter century after nuclear war devastated the Earth, a few thousand survivors still cling to existence beneath the ruins of Moscow in the tunnels of the Metro. They have struggled against the poisoned elements, fought mutated beasts and paranormal horrors and suffered the flames of civil war. But now. As Artem, you must flee the Metro and lead a band of Spartan Rangers on an incredible, continent-spanning journey across post-apocalyptic Russia in search of a new life in the East. Metro Exodus is an epic, story-driven first-person shooter from 4A Games that blends deadly combat and stealth with exploration and survival horror in one of the most immersive game worlds ever created. Explore the Russian wilderness across vast, non-linear levels and follow a thrilling storyline that spans an entire year through spring, summer and autumn to the depths of nuclear winter. Inspired by the novels of Dmitry Lukovsky, I think that's how you say his last name, Metro Exodus continues Artyom's story in the greatest Metro adventure yet. Let me just say, man, these games are fucking awesome. The Metro games are so freaking good. These are actual shooters that are strictly designed in a single player mode and a single player mindset. And the worlds they create are some of the best worlds done. Like these novels are great. Like these these novels are good that they're based on. But I think the games are even better. Granted, I don't read that much, but still. These games are awesome. Sha do you play the Metro games? These This seems no. like it'd be something right up your alley because they're first, you know, they can get them on PC, look excellent and be single player shooters. These games seem like they'd be up your alley. I wonder, is
2: it multiplayer at all, though? I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah. I'm a multiplayer kind of guy. I like friends. I don't want to be alone in the Wasteland anymore.
1: I don't want to be lonely no more.
0: You just feel like you're playing Fallout 76 alone in the Wasteland.
2: I got to tell you, I am so heartbroken over that game.
1: Yeah, you actually told <laughs> me you just uninstalled it this week.
2: apocalyptic that comes out that does not have good multiplayer mechanic. It sends me into a, a fervor of eating candy and crying and wishing that Life was just better. Still got some Christmas tree cakes lying around somewhere. No, those made it through like one day. <laughs> <laughs> I bought like three boxes, man. I bought like three boxes <sighs> every two weeks. If Shakira has taught us anything, hips don't lie. <laughs> Mine are definitely telling the story of what happened to those Christmas tree cakes right about now. <laughs> The game looks amazing, though. It
0: looks so freaking good, man. This is definitely something I'm picking up. So Friday for me, is definitely Metro and Far Cry. Uh, I also think I'm going to get degrees of separation. And um, but I already have the Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. So pick of the week this week. What are we going with or what are we individually going with? I don't think we're going to agree this week. I know we're not. So Frank, I know you're going jump Force, Right?
1: No, no, no. no. Okay. I honestly uh, I want to play degrees of separation the most. Although, because fighters are a diamond dozen, I'll be done with Jump Force in like three or four weeks. But Degrees of separation, yeah, I want a good puzzle game. Okay. Sean, what are you thinking?
2: Okay, I'm not I'm not super hyped for any of them, but I think I think it's tied between Far Cry and Metro. Okay, I really do. Okay, Uh, I was going
0: to go Far Cry, so yeah, Far Cry New Dawn is probably my most anticipated this week. Uh, Degrees of separation, I'm definitely looking forward to playing through with Frank. I think that you and I are going to have a lot of fun doing that. But I think I'll spend more time with Far Cry and that's just something that's more up my alley.
1: Well, it's a long, I'm sure
0: it's a longer game. Well, it probably will be. But who knows? Maybe it won't be the way you play games. We could be stuck in degrees of separation for days.
1: Well, I'm sorry that I am very thorough.
0: I'm telling you, there's something in this corner. Let me keep punching it for ten hundred times and we'll see what happens. And eventually I'll find something. <laughs> Not every game is
1: Castlevania to Simon's Quest. <laughs> It, well, if you, don't, if you don't kneel at the exact spot with the crystal, of course.
2: <laughs> this brings back memories of when you guys played A Way Out. Dude. And
0: you no, con- yeah, out that's right. You actually watched us. You actually watched us play yeah. that.
1: Well, yeah. You know what game really broke me? If I'm go a quick aside, mm-hmm. is the game Pokemon. Okay. Only once has there ever been an item in the garbage can in, in, in Pokemon. But to this to this day, every single garbage can in the game, I have to check it. Uh, and that's that's, that's it's, it's almost like a meme going around, like how Pokemon has broken us. It's like it's, it's, it's try to search garbage cans to find like a, a random item, they're never there. Oh, it's always oh, it's empty. It's empty. Yeah, but the whole world empty garbage cans. Just stop, 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 stop looking in them. What if there's an item there that I need?
0: What do you possibly need in an empty garbage can?
1: What was, what was the item before? Left leftovers, which is one of the best items in the whole game. Leftovers, something yeah, that you eat every it, day. What does it do? Um, it makes your Pokemon uh, get health back in between every single round of combat. So like uh, every, every, every attack in between, it, it brings your health back up a little bit. So it's one of the best recovery items of all time. So,
0: Then it's just leftovers, which I'm, sure really you, which I'm sure you have a ton of in your fridge right now.
1: I do have some rice and some salad. Leftover salad. (laughs) (laughs) It is. is, It's it's half a bag of salad.
2: (laughs) It's not leftovers if you never even ate it the first time.
1: Although he eats it every Saturday. That's my Saturday ritual.
2: Yeah, Saturday's
0: tuna salads or or chicken salads, but usually one of the tuna.
2: Are those technically salads, though? Are you talking like lettuce on top? Uh, of like meat or is it just the meat with the mayo?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's, not a bad, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I eat salads all the time. <laughs> I skip the lettuce Throw some
2: sometimes. celery in there.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, so,
0: sounds disgusting to me. But I want to jump now to something that I that I specifically saved for the main discussion because I think it's the most interesting thing that happened this week and I think it's the thing that we can expand upon the most. So I want to start off with reading an article, and this comes from The Verge. Microsoft is getting ready to release an important software development kit that will allow game developers to integrate Xbox Live into any titles that run across PC, Xbox, iOS, Android, and surprisingly enough, the Nintendo Switch. Spotted by Windows Central, a GDC session reveals that Microsoft will announce its cross-platform push For Xbox Live next month, GDC is always either the first or second week of March. Some iOS and Android games already have Xbox Live achievements, but they're only enabled in titles from Microsoft Studios, and there's not many of them available right now on mobile devices. Microsoft describes this new push as much bigger. Quote, Xbox Live is is expanding from 400 million gaming devices and a reach to over 68 million active players to over two billion devices with the release of our new cross-platform XDK," end quote, says the GDC listing. Xbox Live cross-platform play will allow developers to integrate in. They'll be able to integrate in friends lists, multiplayer functionality and achievements into existing mobile games. It's an important part of Microsoft's new gaming mission to reach outside of its traditional PC and Xbox markets and bring software, services and games to players on rival platforms. Microsoft is also working on an xCloud game streaming service, which we have talked about on on the show in the past, that will stream Xbox games to PCs, consoles and mobile devices later this year. Combined with Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass, the company is trying to create a Netflix for video games with a subscription that gives you access to games no matter where you intend to play them. If Microsoft can convince developers to allow it to handle the social and multiplayer aspects of games, then its subscription game service will look a lot more promising to gamers on rival consoles and mobile devices. Uh, they said that we should learn more about Microsoft's plans for the GDC, uh at GDC when it starts next month on March 18th. So it's March 18th that it starts. So it's probably that weekend. But what I want to talk about here, what could this possibly mean in terms of Xbox Live being implemented on Nintendo Switch? I don't really care too much about what it means for iOS and Android because we're already seeing it to an extent with achievements and that kind of stuff through through mobile devices. But I think the bigger story here is Xbox Live coming to Nintendo Switch. First of all, there's no information on this because it has been officially announced yet. We've got to wait till next month to really talk about it. And trust me, when it actually gets announced at GDC, we will dive more into this on the show. But I want to speculate here for a minute and what we think this could potentially mean for the Nintendo Switch or Switch gamers in general.
1: I mean, we knew that Microsoft and Nintendo were working on something together. Can you imagine? Can this be it? I think
0: it has to be it, first of all.
2: I think this is something Nintendo has been severely lacking throughout their entire time of doing online or multiplayer based Internet play. Right. You've you've got the connectivity of the Xbox Live system, which, in my opinion, is the best multiplayer system in gaming. No question. No question. I mean, Xbox
0: Live, even though I don't use it anymore, it is definitely better than PlayStation like the PlayStation now or PlayStation plus, whatever, like PlayStation, whatever Nintendo or Tony has, it's better than that architecture. And it's clearly better than Nintendo's Nintendo switch online architecture.
1: Yeah.
2: I would go as far as to say that it's better than steam. It, it's better than a PC based service as well. I mean, if you could integrate some of those features into a switch and give it a hardware revision, like they're talking about, that's big time. Right.
0: So we just talked about that last week on the show. That there is a potential mobile, like a a smaller mobile switch coming out later this year, plus a advanced model coming out next year, which would be, you know, maybe more dedicated to TV streaming or not streaming, but TV connectivity and, you know, more hard or more graphical capabilities like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. So that could be something that we see with a Nintendo Switch Advance is what I called it last week next year. So is this a first step? Because you look at Nintendo Switch Online now, there is a friends list there. You have to go into your profile and you can see your friends, but it's not nearly as attractive as either Xbox One's friend list capabilities or PlayStation's friend list capability. Like it's not nearly as attractive. So, is this a step maybe to integrate Xbox Live much deeper on the Nintendo Switch? than it is on like mobile devices. So kind of what I'm thinking here is, will they try to incorporate Nintendo's friends list into Xbox Live so that it's all one thing under one architecture? But does this also mean that?
2: We could start seeing achievements in Switch games. It's possible. I mean, the scary part about this arrangement is that up until this point, it's always the pressure's always been from third party developers. And then then you started to see a little bit of give on Rocket League and Minecraft then was kind of picking up some steam on on stuff like this. But up until this point, it's been largely isolated to just certain games. So the market that they're reaching is very small and there's not a whole lot of things going on that are mainstream with it. And that is kind of scary to me that maybe that's showing us how they're going to play this where it's like only certain games or only certain partnerships or only third-party titles and no first-party titles or, um, hey, we're going to integrate Xbox Live, but it's going to be like an app, like you would open uh, Netflix or Hulu on a Nintendo device. And so how, how well integrated is it going to be into the actual system or is it just going to be integrated into the game?
0: You mentioned a game that I just wanted to say. You mentioned a game that I totally forgot about this could only be used for. What if this literally is just for Minecraft?
2: It's possible. Yeah, sorry. Talking with my mouth full. It's very <laughs> possible. <laughs> Come on now, you're not Frank. I'm sorry. I am but a man. Um, yeah, man. It begs the question, right? If there's big games that are coming out that could flourish with this, that maybe those studios from Microsoft or Nintendo are working on. Yeah. Like a like a Starlink Battle for Atlas or something like that, where they bet they have a mutually vested IP interest, but it's not like they're giving away Mario on Xbox Live. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't I, think they're going to have definitely games think like that's that. not
0: going to happen. Yeah, I definitely not think we're looking at something like that. But I I think the interesting thing here that you, that you mentioned is definitely like the third party aspect. So obviously, Nintendo and Microsoft are more willing to work together. For cross play initiatives like Sony is just now opening up to cross play. You know, they just enabled it for Rocket League. They're talking about a couple other games, but Microsoft and Nintendo have definitely been more open to working with one another in terms of providing cross play connectivity between the two platforms. So having Xbox Live available on the switch for games that are cross play compatible would definitely keep things under one architecture. So maybe that is maybe you can. Okay, so achievements Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know. I've never really used Xbox Live on PC that often. I think I played State of Decay 2 using Xbox Live. So I'm trying to think back. If you earn an achievement while playing a PC game, does it unlock in general for you on Xbox Live? Mm-hmm. OK, so while playing crossplay games on the Nintendo Switch, maybe you are earning achievements, but they're not achievements on the Switch. But those achievements carry over to your Xbox Live account. So if you Say you play Rocket League on the Switch, you earn some achievements. When you go and play Rocket League on the Xbox One, those achievements are already unlocked. Maybe that's how this is gonna work.
1: I just don't think that Xbox Live is going to work with Switch. And for reasons being, Nintendo is very protective of who you get to communicate with. And that's almost a feature for them. Like, you you can't just friend request someone. You have to actually know their friend code and so like that. And I, th- I think it's done so that, you know, you could pre- for, for more of a parental thing. So that your, your kids aren't talking to, to randoms. Whereas I was able to make friends through Xbox Live. Like, I met people playing Halo and added friends and started talking to them that way.
0: Right, which is why the Switch doesn't have open voice capabilities.
1: Same thing, yeah, because you know, I hate to say this, uh, but, but, you know, be, you know it, everyone knows it be true. Nintendo is more of the kiddie system.
0: They definitely, they definitely used to be, and they still have that negative connotation attached to them.
1: Oh, I'm not even saying it in a negative way. They're, they're more of the, the, the kid-based system. Uh, and parents aren't going to want, you know, their, their kids talking to randoms. So I, I don't see it. The app way that, that Sean mentioned, I think, is probably the best bet. Whereas a password would have to be put in there that, that, that there's a parental control. So, you know, you, you know, if you put the password in, yeah, you, I gave my kid variants to go ahead and play and talk to these people. So there, there, there's going to be some kind of wall between it. It's, it's not going to be as open as Xbox Live is. Okay. Or or they could prove me wrong, and I I hope they prove me wrong because I I have no problem open voice chat talking to everyone. That's fun for me.
0: Yeah, that's that's another interesting concept here with with Xbox Live being added to to the Switch. Is will this potentially bring, like you just mentioned, open voice chat to the Switch instead of having to use your mobile devices? We always joke around about. I think that would require additional architecture updates on Nintendo's end. I, mean, I don't think just, you know, just sticking Xbox live on the switch. That's not going to automatically grant. Hey, now we have voice chat. There's, it's impossible. It has to be done architecturally like you have to change it. Hardware side for Nintendo, they'd have to actually implement that stuff into the switch. So that would definitely require work on their end that I'm not sure they're willing to do since they do seem content with having voice chat done through mobile devices. So I'm trying to really think like how else could this be implemented in ways that aren't just utilized for cross-platform play. Because I think, Sean, you may hit the nail on the head. I think this might only be for third-party cross-platform games.
2: Well, they're not going to develop their games to accommodate Xbox code over at Nintendo. They're not going to develop games at first party to conform to other company standards, unfortunately. Because, because they're, they're different they're languages. St-
0: they're, and their Nintendo standards are usually better.
2: Yeah. And and then not only that, but you look at this instance and if Microsoft got out of the console market, maybe this would be more feasible. Like, hey, guys, we have a really good interface system. We have a really good connectivity system. Let us host it because right now your system is jack crap and, and ours is great. And maybe we'll form a partnership that way. But you would have to... You would have to take away the competitive aspect of it because they're not going to help Microsoft resurrect themselves in the gaming platform space. No, I always thought it's not going to happen. I always thought Nintendo and Microsoft would make a great co-partnership
0: together. Like, you know, if one if Microsoft exited the industry, not exited the industry, but if they stopped making platforms and then started working with Nintendo, I always thought that they could make this dominant system that would really rival what Sony was able to do with the PS4 last this generation.
2: If Nintendo wasn't based in Japan, yes. 100% 100% if if both corporate headquarters were here in Washington for the companies and they were legit but right now Nintendo of America is here and Xbox is here and, and that that partnership may work great with Reggie and the other guys over at Xbox yeah but Re- Reggie and Phil Spencer seem like somewhat friends so <laughs> yeah it's it's not gonna jive to the the big ups at Nintendo Japan and they're in the driver's seat really I mean that's that's the unfortunate part. Is Japan and Xbox will never be good friends. Never. And it's I don't and, know why. And and I
0: mean I, I I it has to be more than just Xbox failing so miserably in Japan. But I don't know, man. I just think that they would do they would they would do so well together because Microsoft hits on a totally different audience than what Nintendo does. Um, you know, the, and it, it just goes back to the the desire to to see both companies succeed. But still work
2: together. Do you think that Nintendo would acquire the gaming component of Microsoft at some point? I don't think they could afford it. That's the only way I can mm. see it happening <laughs> is if they buy them out and then incorporate them in. I don't think Nintendo
0: would ever buy anybody out. I mean, I, that's just not their way. Okay. Of I don't think Nintendo
1: could buy them out. Uh, Nintendo, right. Nintendo, Nintendo has a lot of
0: money, but I but I don't think that they don't at, have Microsoft money. They don't have Microsoft money. Xbox is def- a different division within Microsoft. Correct. That is their own company.
2: Correct, and so you also look at Nintendo. Uh, didn't we learn from the Super Nintendo CD uh, debacle? Yeah, I, when, I'm pretty sure that Sony, ruined it for Nintendo forever. When Sony forever.
0: was originally supposed to make the disc drive for the SNES, and then it fell apart, and then they ended up going with Philips, which would go on to do the CDI, but then Sony would wanted they wanted to stick it to Nintendo, and that's when they made the original PlayStation.
2: Which was one of the greatest moments for all of us in gaming history. Absolutely. But absolutely. But that burned Nintendo hard. And I think they're always going to be guarded because of stuff like that. Right. Where right. they have to watch out for themselves now. And, and you can't just say, OK, truce and then try to play nice. Because what happens five years from now when they decide, oh, you know, our, our Xbox interface makes your switch. So we're just going to make a switch version of our on our own. Well, let's take that five years from now concept and, and talk about something different, because.
0: As was proven with this current generation of consoles, the console market is thriving. But at one point, everyone was thinking that, you know, this this console generation was going to be the last because of how the you know, the economic crisis that happened during the Xbox 360, the PS3, the Wii U, the Wii era, the, all that stuff that happened led a lot of people to see like the downfall of the console and how PC gaming was on the rise. And just being under one umbrella for gaming and not having so many different platforms was going to be the future of gaming. And I do still think that is the future of gaming. Eventually we will reach that point.
2: Well, yeah, ready player one already showed us the way. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So eventually at some point in the distant future, there won't be Nintendo. I mean, there will be Nintendo, there'll be Sony, there'll be Microsoft, but they're all going to be you'll be able to play them on your one device. So that's going to happen eventually. As the console market fluctuates, if in five and ten years somebody's struggling or the console marketplace is struggling, wouldn't it make sense to combine certain certain things and aspects of consoles? So I think what you have mentioned with Sony and Nintendo is a reason why that they potentially will never work together again. But Microsoft and Nintendo still makes a lot of sense to me. So this could be the first step in seeing something like that come to fruition in the future.
2: It's true, but you need a driving force to do it, and there has to be demand behind it, right? So Fortnite is the closest thing that we've seen to that being a possibility, but it's already tapering off with the additions of Apex and stuff. Like the popularity took a small hit. Um, Apex is on the Switch. You look at stuff like that. That's not on the Switch. No, weird. I don't think it could run it. Period. Mm. But I don't um, know. Probably not. <laughs> to me, to me, you would need to see. You would need to see something that is in so much demand that the companies are willing to say, hey, we would rather work together and achieve some of this than not get any of it. Because if Microsoft had that mentality already, maybe they would be a little more successful in the space. You know, if they were like, hey, we will let Nintendo develop games for the Xbox and give them a special deal for it. Maybe they might have been. I don't know. Maybe they would have integrated new games that already have uh, the potential for it. Like Starlink could have been bigger. Like, uh, you know, the Minecraft thing could have been bigger. I I don't know, but I just don't see it happening. It's an interesting concept
0: because you do look at the Xbox One and and how it is struggling to sell with the modern generation. Uh, and, And obviously that goes back to 2013 when... You know, they they screwed up severely with, hey, this is how you can, you know, do no used games and their whole initiative that they started out the Xbox one with. And then Sony just completely made them look dumb at E3 that one year. Like, here's how you can (laughs) here's here's how you trade games on the on the PS4. And like there was just one guy handing a game to another guy. This is what you can do. There's no like unique codes. And like, you know, here's our price. It's three ninety nine and not four ninety nine. And they just really made Microsoft look silly for some of the things they're trying to do with the Xbox one. And you know, that's why there's no connect on the Xbox one anymore, because that that whole concept was just stupid. But I, I have to wonder if if that really is just the biggest reason why the Xbox continues to not sell, because let's be honest, the Xbox one X is the best console right now available. It is hardware yeah, yeah hardware wise. The Xbox one X is the best console available.
2: And that speaks to a point that you were making earlier that picked up like pinged in my brain. What if these companies begin to just start selling peripherals that basically play the same games, but you play it during their experience? I think that's what Xbox wants. But the other two companies aren't going to do it. They never, they never will until the market dictates that they have to. Right. Xbox is already there. They want to. They want the Oasis. They want you to buy the Xbox peripherals to enjoy the Oasis, and they want the other companies to come in and do it too. But it's not going to happen because... One, who's going to run it? And two, where's the money in it for the other guys to abandon the format that they've known for 20 plus years? So that's the part of me where like the innovation's not going to come. Maybe if you get more video game developers and system developers to come back into the market and actually be competitive like Atari or if they ever resurrected Sega, but they don't have the money for that to be competitive. Yeah. You don't have the capital to be able to make a mainline system to actually play mainline titles. It's all like retro throwbacks. Yeah.
0: And that's I mean, that we have the Atari VCS coming out later this year, but it's going to be a, a platform that plays old Atari games. But they are say that you'll be able to play new games as well on it. But we don't know for sure because it was supposed to come out last year and it was delayed. Like they had they're having some issues with it. So. It's set to come out this year now, and I'm curious to see what that is, because that could be something that is alongside what the switch is, which is a great platform to play indie titles. Mm -hmm. And I I can Mm -hmm. easily see the Atari VCS being the same thing where you have this great lineup of old Atari games on it. But then, you know, you're getting these other indie titles. But if they're trying to just do the same thing as the switch, I don't think it's going to work out because the switch is already doing doing that so well. So it has to do something slightly different. And I don't know what that could be. aside from maybe having new Atari type game experiences on it. That could be the only thing I could think of, like trying to entice developers to develop games in the style of old Atari games, which is possible. Uh, Frank, you've been you've
1: been extremely quiet. I just I I i, just, I'm, I don't get it, man. It's not going to it's not, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: What do you mean? What do you mean you don't think it's going to happen? It's definitely happening. It's already been confirmed. <laughs>
1: It's. I. I don't. I honestly don't think that the the Atari's gonna. It's, no, it's gonna, no, it's gonna no. Not gonna the fail. not
0: the not the Atari Xbox Live.
1: I just don't see them, and them and Nintendo working well together. It's just. It's not. It's not gonna do something. I, and, and I kind of don't want it to happen, just for personal reasons. Yeah. You know. You know uh, the, the, the Xbox Live screwed me over pretty hard. Um. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. You know. I'm. St- I'm still feeling repercussions for that. Believe it or not. Um. Because, you know, when you have Windows 10, Xbox Live is built into it. Yeah. And it keeps getting zero. It doesn't let me, let me make any changes or anything like that. Start a new account. I don't even know how they like, I started a new account and I guess it's tied to my old one somehow and I'm still locked up. I need to literally make a brand new, fresh account altogether. And it's it, it's crappy, you know, I, I'm blackballed for something I never did. They said I cheated. But I don't like that.
2: Never did. Uh,
1: how do you cheat? I mean, <laughs> you've you've, se- you've seen me play these games. I suck. Okay, I, I got all those achievements through attrition. I'm, I'm a freaking, I'm a completionist, and, they, 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 I, I, and every time I hear anything from Microsoft, I want them to fail. To be quite honest, uh, I'm, I, I'm pissed. I'm bitter. But I, I don't see this. I don't see this com- this working. Nintendo is too stubborn. Nintendo well, is that opens Nintendo up a is door, stubborn. actually.
0: Nintendo is stubborn.
1: Yeah.
2: You have to cheat, you have to cheat, you have to manipulate code these days, or you exploit. But I think there's a, a pure difference there, where, you know, exploiting is something that you do to maximize someone else's mistake in coding, right? And then cheating is actually manipulating the code and making your own. I mean, how does this work in cross platform system play? How can you cheat? How can you manipulate the code? Is there a backdoor? Can xbox players manipulate nintendo code because let's face it nintendo code is probably a little more basic than most in my opinion probably you know their hardware is a generation behind and the languages that it probably speaks is not as probably advanced there's a reason there's a
0: reason that the scene group is able to put homebrew software on nintendo platforms as quickly and easily as they do the switch has already been completely broken open yeah
2: that's that's a concern too. when you look at this is you can look at somebody and go, dude, your system is not that great as far as these features that are crucial to maintaining the integrity of the game.
1: So to, to even th- think about that then. Um, so if if they're doing cross platform, the code has to be shared. I mean, there has to there has to be some way to communicate. Is it to open? Them, are they going to open themselves up to that kind of vulnerability? I mean, well, I, think, I think it's, it's already shared. shared.
2: Developers have access to all the code. There's developers who put the game out on literally like freaking what <laughs> two K games. Two K games has all the code. They put games out on
1: every system. I guess that is true. I, I I'm just trying to think because Nintendo's very protective of their stuff. That they, they, they this is the reason why Nintendo's endured. I mean, they learn their le- like we, we said earlier, they learn their lesson with Sony. I don't think I, I it could be a good thing. I just I don't ever see this happening. Like to be in a, a, a fully viable market.
2: Well, the video game market is based on need, right? There's no need for this. There's no reason to do it. Sure, it'd be nice to do it. Like we could we could mainline, you know, mainstream VR and do all this stuff, but there's no need to do it because the demand's not there. People don't really care. Yet. You know? yet they have they have the thing where you can stand on it and run and be in the same place and you can (laughs) have all those different interactive things that you would see in movies and go that's dope but no one wants to pay four grand for it and no one cares and so the market is limited by the consumer and the consumers don't care enough you know the consumers have some impact like with fortnite or minecraft or you know all that but these are all segmented societies too you, you don't see these guys banding together playing one game that would probably warrant this. They're all playing games where they can make it a little more isolated and control it from each experience instead of a hole where Xbox is trying to go.
1: Can you imagine Fortcraft coming together?
2: Fortcraft Fort Craft would make me throw up and poop my pants at the same time. <laughs> That's that's a good spot to transition, because I don't want to think about (laughs) Fortcraft. Yeah, that's disgusting. That's horrible. (laughs) Let's
0: talk about something that is a lot more pleasant and exciting, because you know what that sound means or that song. It's time for Kickstart My Heart. And I got something great here. It's something that we actually discussed. I want to say mid to early last year on the Maxwell podcast. This game was actually announced. But now it's getting closer to being done. So they're putting it up on Kickstarter to help reach the final funding goals. And this game looks like an absolute joy. So it's it's an adventure set in a tropical ocean. Take care of your own island in a single player summer adventure with farming and crafting. Explore with your boat. It's coming to PS4, Nintendo Switch and PC. The game is called Summer in Mara, and it basically looks like an absolute love letter to Harvest Moon and the Wind Waker, and it looks so good.
1: Summer, oh, hell yeah.
0: Summer in Mara is an adventure at your own pace. Take care of your island and customize it as you want. Explore an open ocean full of places to travel and people to meet and trade with. Set in a tropical ocean, Summer in Mara is a single player game about farming and crafting with an easy RPG system and exploration elements. You'll be Koa, a little adventurer who has to take care of her own island. You can also sail away on your boat and discover new different islands. With new islands come new people, You will trade and bargain or just chat with them. Getting to know these people is a significant part of the game because every one of them has their own unique and exciting story. Afterward, you can go back to your island and manage your resources to improve your home, grow new crops and create new structures. This is the cycle of life. Take care of your home island, travel through the ocean to get new items and help others and then come back home. Summer in Mara is a calm and relaxing experience with a handmade look and a compelling narrative. So they're saying that it has more than 150 quests to make the world a better place, over 20 characters to meet and trade with, more than 130 unique inventory items to craft, use, and trade, improve your boat, make it bigger and faster, unlock and acquire new skills and abilities for Koa, helping her to craft, trade, and explore in an easy RPG system, as we mentioned earlier, and a day and night cycle with climate events. So it says that the team has been developing a game that not only feels great, but is also a ton of fun. Full of things to do, in Summer of Mara, you will take care of your own island by sowing and harvesting your crop fields, planting and chopping down trees, and mining. You will also be able to craft brand new tools and materials to build structures and improve the ones you already have. But the adventure doesn't stop there. You will be fishing, swimming, and diving in the ocean. With your boat, you can sail through the sea, discover new islands, and seek for treasures. Take care of your island. Explore the ocean. Improve your home. Uh, It even says here that the game is inspired by the exploration in The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, the farming in Stardew Valley and the visual aspect of Studio Ghibli's movies.
1: I was going to say this looks very Studio Ghibli, very even looks kind of like Moana a little bit.
0: A little bit. Yeah, 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 a little bit, a little bit. Uh, It says they really want to capitalize on the adventure feeling of your childhood summers. Uh, They said it's also part of the Dyland universe, which is a game that released last year. I haven't played that yet. I do have it. I need to play that eventually. Uh, although it is an independent and unique adventure with its own story. And yeah, it's coming to uh, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC in 2019. They're saying, let's just say here, right around September, so sometime in the fall. Uh, in, because Microsoft's, whatever reason, they, they charge a lot to get games on their platform, which is why indie indie titles usually don't come to Microsoft right away unless Microsoft pays for it. They need 250,000, whatever this currency is. Is that... Uh, Euros. Euros, Yeah. So they need two hundred fifty thousand dollars in terms of stretch goals to get to that. But uh, they they won't. They won't achieve that much. There's no way they hit the initial funding. Uh, they were looking for just twenty two thousand six hundred and fifty five US dollars. They're currently sitting at thirty five thousand seven hundred seventy seven. So it definitely hit the initial funding. There's still twenty six days to go as a time of recording. So the next stretch goal that they're that they're aiming for is a surfing mini game at forty five thousand euros. Uh, The cheapest way to get in is 18 US dollars. We'll get you a digital copy of the game for PC, PS4 or Nintendo Switch, your name in the credits as Sailor and a welcome pack, which includes wallpapers for mobile devices and PC, plus other small goodies. Frank, being a fan of The Legend of Zelda and The Wind Waker, what are you thinking on this?
1: Uh, your boy has already pledged and I've actually uh, pledged for the two of us. Uh, what what tier is that? That is the one right below that called Two Friends and Mara. So we're getting two copies of the game. Nice, uh, and then naming the credits wallpaper the whole shebang.
0: So it's only and seven extra dollars to get two copies of the game. That's not bad.
1: I think why is it ever not get your seven dollars out and kick you the code? Right. Yeah, that makes sense to me.
0: So so now we have Temtem in this <laughs> as like a as like a duo. Uh, Sean, being someone that is currently exploring the universe of the Legend of Zelda with the original game on the NES, what are you thinking on this? Plus someone that's a huge fan of Stardew. You're a
2: huge fan of Stardew Valley, so. Game looks nice. I think it would be even nicer if they incorporated a way for you to randomly or sail to other people's islands that you're friends with. That would be great. What whether it's multiplayer or just seeing what they do. Like you just go sail to their island just to see their island and call it a day like you don't actually do anything there or whatever. That could be done
0: something similar to the way that uh, Animal Crossing, was it New Leaf, had it to where you could go to the Happy Home Designer section and see what other people's houses look like, but you couldn't do anything there. You could go see what it looked like, or you could go see what their town looked like, but you couldn't actually do anything in their town. You could just walk around.
2: Or like it wouldn't save, you know, like you could go dig up all their trees, but it wouldn't mean anything. Right. But... This game would be really cool if there was some kind of component to that, or if like you could play with some of your friends and just you all play in the same ocean. Yeah. But you have, you know, your island or whatever, and then you, the little, you have travel
1: splash fights, splash yeah. fights. <laughs> I like it.
0: <laughs> There's a ton of stuff I didn't actually mention about this game. Like I didn't even dive into what the story elements are. I mean, they're talking about like different sections of the sea. Uh, The the game looks freaking gorgeous, man. Just looking at some of these artwork and some of these gifts that they have in here. But like you have your home island, there's a city island that looks like uh, it says a lot of different Kitos and humans, even in Elit. I'm guessing how you say that live on this island. They have their own business, such as the fish market, the restaurant, the bank, the forge. Uh, On the edge of the cliff, there's a lighthouse where a strange and lonely shadow lives. There's a desert (laughs) island. There's a ton of different islands to go explore. Um it says you can find treasures, new items in mythical creatures on smaller islands. It this looks really cool. Like I'm hoping the map is just diverse. I want diverse locations. And it's got yeah, a pretty it awesome looks soundtrack.
1: good.
0: Oh who do we know who's
1: doing it? Uh I have here so, uh, by Adrian Berenguer. But th- these are actual original compositions. I just listened to two songs while we're reading this. Uh, pretty good stuff. De- definitely a tropical feel.
0: Okay. Yeah, Adrian, Berenguer and Paco Mitos. It looks like the two that are composing it. Uh Paco Mitos is the same guy that did the soundtrack for Dylan, their uh, their previous game, so that makes sense to me. Yeah, I'll have to check these out. I'll have to check out the soundtrack after we're done. I always forget I always forget to do that before we start. I always like to listen to the I always watch the trailer, but I never actually like listen to this the soundtrack snippets. Um, I, I, uh, dude, I want this game to succeed, so I, I really want this to do well. I love these kind of games, and that's really what I wanted to do with Kickstarter and heart, which is when we created it from the past. If you've noticed, all the games that we've actually highlighted on this have been somewhat similar, except for a couple when we didn't really have any to really dive into, but they all have very specific feels to them. And they're always games that we really enjoy. They always feel like Animal Crossing or Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley or Zelda. Like, they're always those types of games or Metroidvanias. Like, it's always games that we really enjoy. And that's what I really wanted to just highlight is these smaller games that are coming out and, and hope that more people will pay attention to them because I think these games deserve it. I mean, like you look at some of the stuff that we talked about on the show and these games look so good, like Littlewood is my most anticipated one we ever talked about on the show because of the dark cloud elements involved with like the city, the town building and stuff. I can't freaking wait for that, dude. You have no idea.
2: <laughs> when uh, yeah. when yeah. does
0: this drop? So, fall this year, fall 2019. OK. And like I said, just the fact that it looks so much like the Wind Waker, which is such a gorgeous game in and of itself, but I love Zelda. So
1: in uh, a quick little little world uh, update, uh, their final stretch goal is $60,000. They are a little less than thirty two hundred dollars away. Four days to go. They'll hit it. They'll hit it. I'm absolutely going to hit it. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah. That's the one that adds the uh, which one is we that? Oh, that's right. They we, haven't announced it yet. We talked about that last week. They haven't announced it yet because well. the most recent one was the town beatification system, so. Um. Yeah. So check it out. Kickstarter.com. Look up Summer and Mara. The game looks beautiful and looks great. Help them out. Pledge. Let's see how many stretch goals we can open up. At least let's try to get to 90,000 euros to get that opening 2D cinematic. That'd be really cool. Uh, I think the 250,000 might be might be a stretch, but we can at least try to get to 100,000 to get that 2D cinematic. But unfortunately, I think that's going to do it for the show this week, unless either of you have anything else you want to mention or discuss before we get them out of here.
2: No, hit us up in the comments, man. Let us know what you guys think about what we talk about. Let us also know if you have a family video near you so we can go talk to them about getting ad revenue. <laughs> Frank, anything?
1: <laughs> uh, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special waters, Don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us have it your way. Burger King.
0: We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash leveldowngames and subscribe to us there. And while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv slash leveldowngames and click that follow button. We're not live often, but sometimes we are. And if we ever do go live, you will be notified. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach Max Max.
1: Max. Level!